Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 89, Friday, August 21st, 2020, and how good have the last couple of weeks been for sports fans? It's almost like we deserve this after three months without any major sports action. I have a special treat for all of you today. If you have listened to the Champions League preview here on the Doggy Juice Pod, I've had a couple of them, one at the end of last year, um, but I brought the guys on from the Top Class Finish Soccer Podcast to break down the tournament and offer their predictions on who would lift the cup at the end. And from the beginning, Oliver from the Top Class Finish Pod picked PSG to win it all at around 9-1 to one odds, and Andy from Top Class Finish picked Bayern Munich at 10-1 to one odds to win it all. And this Sunday, those two clubs are the two that are squaring off in the Champions League final in Portugal. Last night, I sat down with Oliver and Andy again to break down the match. You do not want to miss this one. So in this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod, um, I'll just mostly uh, move to that interview with those two uh, to get you all ready for Sunday's final. But before that, we've had some interesting developments in the sports betting industry recently, including here in Illinois. So let's jump right into some quick hitters. Two more sports books launched this week here in the land of Lincoln with the opening of the books over at the Hollywood Casino in Aurora and Hollywood Casino Juliet. This brings the total amount of books taking action in Illinois up to six. And those six are Rivers in Des Plaines, Argosy, Downstate in Alton, uh, the Grand Victoria in Elgin, uh, that's the William Hill book, uh, the Draft Kings at Casino Queen down in East St. Louis, and the two Hollywoods, which will eventually be tied to the Barstool app. Five of the six books right now use Canby lines, so you're going to see identical lines at five of those six. There's two mobile options right now for Illinois sports bettors. That's Bet Rivers and Draft Kings, but obviously you'll have to sign up in person to access those. Um, and notably down in DraftKings, uh, you'll have to register down in East St. Louis, which we've touched on um, ad nauseum here on the Doggy Juice Pod in the recent weeks. Uh, our gripe with the current state um, of, of Illinois sports betting and how politics is ruining it for not only bettors, but for the wonderful citizens of this state. You'd figure that the state would be looking to make some more money uh, for state revenue in terms of sports betting, but uh, but no, politics is getting in the way. I'm going to not get on my soapbox here. If you want to listen to my take on that, you can listen to some previous Doggy Juice Pods uh, and uh, hear my take on, on what's going on currently. But there are mo- more books uh, coming on the way. Points Bet is going to be a major player here soon, and it will be easier for Chicagoans to sign up there. They are partnered with a few off-track betting locations in the Chicagoland area, um, and obviously you can go to the, the racetrack uh, to to register as well. Uh, that's going to be coming. I'm expecting that to be ready uh, in time for football season. You know they want to be ready in time for the NFL, but uh, they still have to go through a few more regulatory approvals before they launch. And also be on the lookout for the Barstool Sportsbook here in Illinois, which I expect in September. That's going to be interesting to see how that one works because they're also going to be using Canby lines as well. And of course, there is a petition going on uh, around the, the state here to get Governor Pritzker to reapply his executive order, removing the in-person registration requirement. But we all know how Illinois politics works. 
But as always, the Dog and Juice Pod is here to keep you up to date on the latest latest legal developments uh, for sports betting here in Illinois. So be on the lookout for more news. And I'll always keep you guys up to date here. I mentioned in a recent podcast uh, that we had a ruling on uh, the palpable error issue involving FanDuel and the past posting, um, those parlays involving Korean baseball. I've discussed that here a few times. The Nevada Gaming Commission ruled in favor of the betters. And that is the biggest difference, obviously, between offshore, where there's no recourse for betters, um, versus legal and regulated sports betting here in America, where you know betters can have a voice and the Gaming Commission can... Uh, obviously have a ruling like this that sides with the betters and not create a scenario where books can get a free roll by posting erroneous lines and then you know if they they make out okay they're not going to avoid the bets but if they don't then obviously they're going to try to avoid the bets and that's that was kind of the big issue uh, with that Um, but with regulation the books obviously can't get away from that you uh, you have to follow the rules and speaking of offshore two days ago there was a Raptors, there was a line error in the Raptors versus Nets second half line at halftime. Uh, the Nets were 11-point underdogs, but they were lead, leading the Raptors 53-50 to 50 at halftime. And Bet Chris, offshore, Costa Rica, uh, who posts opening lines that everyone else copies, they put up a minus three for the second half. Raptors minus three, down by three, so basically... Raptors win the game outright, but any semi-sharp better would know that that line is a huge mistake, especially with a pregame line of 11, but everyone else in the world uh, copied that minus three line. Sure enough, people were all over it and bet on it, and uh, it's including here in America, obviously, because American books are copying offshore lines. Chris quickly moved theirs, you know, within minutes to the correct line, which was about eight and a half in that scenario, minus eight and a half, some and some books even moved it up to minus nine. Of course, the <laughs> the second half line landed in the middle between the three and the and the nine there. But the issue here is Chris, bet Chris offshore, they pulled their bets later on with the quote-unquote bad line rule and the palpable error rule, and they voided the bets. But creates you know a scenario where if the bets if it went their way, then they could have not voided the bets and just scooped up the money with everyone betting uh, betting the the offline. But regulated books here in America were left out to dry. And yet those books are still copying offshore sports books. You can see what the issue is here with you know some of the hypocrisy here in America. Obviously, you want to have a flourishing legal sports betting environment here in America. And I'm hopeful that we're going to get there eventually. But let's not make any bones about it. Offshore rules the sports betting world. They set the lines. They set the market. And here in America, books just copy those numbers. But it's just interesting when you see a scenario like this where offshore they originate the line, everyone else copies, but they don't have the same regulations here, then the betters don't have the same protections here, American betters betting on those websites, um, just because obviously they're not regulated here. And, and uh, when you see regulated books copy off those lines, they're hung out to dry because they're putting those lines up. Uh, chances are regulators and... and um, and gaming boards are going to side with the betters in that scenario. So we saw that play out. It's just an interesting scenario, and it's something to, to pay attention to as this industry continues to develop here uh, here in the United States in the next coming months and years to come. The NBA playoffs are really starting to heat up, but for those expecting more of the same from the regular season, 
uh, you may be in for a rude awakening. And we've already seen a little bit of that play out so far in the playoffs. Things are different in the bubble. And there is a really strong notion uh, that I've heard and, and that I've been noticing, and, and it makes sense when you think about it, and that, that has to do with, with shot lines being better for shooters, more familiarity playing in the same gym for every single game. That continuity really matters. And you really are, you're seeing this play out and benefit, and it makes sense when you think about it. It benefits the jump-shooting teams a lot more, and we're seeing that play out with teams like the Rockets, the Blazers, the Heat, even the Celtics. Um, but it's not as good for teams like the Lakers, who can't shoot well from the outside. And, and um, it's, it's just something to keep in mind with those familiar shot lines. The, the, the background, the, the, the depth perception for shooters is very favorable in the bubble. And when you get that continuity and that familiarity, it really benefits those jump shooting teams and uh, not so much the teams that can't shoot from the outside. And you're seeing it play out. I think the Rockets just set a record for most amount of three-pointers attempted uh, in a game or an, an NBA playoff game. Uh, just the other day. So it's just something to keep in mind moving forward. And also there's the notion of zigzag uh, in the NBA. And for, and obviously for those not familiar with zigzag theory, this is something that's been playing out in markets for you know, forever now, but the market has caught on to it. Uh, they did a long time ago. Um, the notion of zigzag in the NBA playoffs where essentially, you know, you'll see a team who's a 10 point favorite in game one, win game one. And, you come back in game two, and, and even if they cover game one, and you're seeing a line of nine, eight and a half for the favorite. And you wonder, well, why, you know, just any average Joe would wonder, why uh, why is the team that, that lost uh, when they were 10-point underdogs, why are they just an eight, eight and a half, nine-point underdog in game two? And that's because of zigzag. And the basic notion of that is, you know, the team that lost the first game is going to come out with a little bit more fire in game two, and the, and the team that won game one might be a little bit more relaxed. But more importantly, just from an X's and O's standpoint, uh, the, the team that lost game one is going to have to make some sort of adjustment, obviously. They lost. They want to change that. They want to win the next game. So they're going to make an adjustment, whereas the team that won, the coach that won, isn't going to be looking to make that sort of adjustment. Why would you change uh, uh, what's been working for you? So you see those adjustments made in game two. It's reflected in the lines. The, the market caught on to this. And uh, you see zigzag theory play out in the market, so you're not going to get any value playing this notion. Uh, but you're seeing an interesting potential change to zigzag here. And, and also, you could tie that in with the 0-2 theory um, in the NBA. It's no secret. that Any sharp guy knows this, but for teams down 0-2 in the NBA playoffs, um, typically playing on that 0-2 team in Game 3, and typically they're going home to play uh, in that third game, that all-important third game. They know that if they go down 3-0, they're going to lose because no teams ever come back down 0-3 to win an NBA playoff series. And, and, and so they're going to come out with max effort in game three, but specifically in the first quarter and first halves. And if you look at against the spread numbers over the years on that playing that, that angle, you've been very profitable over time. And of course, now you see that reflected in the markets, even last year in the NBA playoffs and the previous years, you'll see a team in game three coming home down 0-2. The full game line will be four points but or let's say, let's say the full game line will be even money just for simplicity, but you'll see that team be favored in the first quarter and first half. You'll see a couple points of, um, of line shading in their favor to play out this, uh, this O2 theory. So there's, you know, the market's caught on to it. You always have to wonder and ask yourself when you're betting something, okay, is my handicap right? But also is the market taking my handicap into account already with the number that they're offering? And the O2 theory, uh, you've seen that play out in the past few years, but 
Drew Dinsick um, at Whale Capper, he brought up some in- an interesting notion on VEASAN the other day with O2 theory, and maybe the, the notion that we could actually see that playing out after game one here so far, because there is no real home court advantage to speak of, obviously, in the bubble, and teams that are down 0-1 are going to be looking uh, to have that same that same energy in game three that we see, especially in the first half, first quarter, um, and, and make those adjustments earlier in the series after game one. Whereas maybe they would have waited to come home and, and, uh, and for game three, but but you're seeing that play out here in the first quarter. Um, teams down 0-1 so far after the first round so far, uh, they went seven and one against the spread. The teams that were down 0-1 in the first quarter in game two, and that makes sense when you think about it because, like I said before, they're looking to make the adjustment. If you're winning the series, why would you move away from what's working? And we may be seeing some quicker adjustments right now. And without home court advantage, the O2 notion can be playing itself out more in game twos, actually. So it's something to keep in mind moving into the next round of the playoffs. We are seeing some wild edges right now with all the sports up. And there's been tons of opportunities out there. I don't know about you guys, but I've been taking advantage of it. As always, you have to shop around for the best price. But with so many more options out there for, for sports books and for betters out there, um, it's just it's it's a glory period that we're entering right now with all these sports up and all these different sports books with different prices and the books have to put everything up and, and that's that's the biggest advantage we have as betters the books have to put lines up on everything but we choose what to bet and we're going to have round the clock action now with the NBA playoffs the NHL playoffs Major League Baseball golf soccer the Indy 500s this weekend too we have uh, Kentucky Derby coming up and obviously football is right around the corner. So the opportunities are, are going to be there for us, and, and especially with September. I mean, September's promising to be the largest month of sports betting handle in history with everything going on. So there will be opportunities out there, and it's exciting for us as bettors uh, to, to seek out those opportunities and really to pick our spots, but they are out there. All right, now it's time to jump to my interview from last night with Oliver and Andy from the Top Class Finish podcast breaking down this Sunday's Champions League final. All right, it is with great pleasure that I bring on Oliver and Andy from the Top Class Finish Soccer Podcast. And Doggy Juice Pod listeners, if you were listening to these guys when I brought them on last fall to break down the Champions League before we started, Oliver picked PSG to win the Champions League final, and Andy picked Bayern Munich to win the Champions League final. And now, sure enough, this Sunday we have the Champions League final, and who is it? It's Bayern Munich versus PSG. So you were all rewarded if you followed their advice. Uh, you're going to win either way, or if you followed one of their advice, you can obviously make money and play the other side, hedge, whatever you want to do. These guys know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the pod, guys. Uh, how's it going? And, and have you been enjoying this uh this incredible run of, uh, of uh, Champions League of the past week or so? Oh, this has been amazing. Like, if they do this similar to, like, the World Cup where they do, like, a one-every-four-year type of tournament-style two-, three-week thing for round of 16 on, I'm all, I'm all in for having that in August before the season starts. Probably not going to work. I don't think the managers or the people, the higher-ups would appreciate it, but as a fan, this has been phenomenal. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I mean that would be awesome, Oliver. Let's uh, let's pencil that into the rest of our fantastic ideas that we always have. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I mean, we've just been loaded with soccer. Obviously, it's in not great circumstances, but at the same time, these last few weeks have been so fun. I had to catch myself today. This is how you know you get spoiled as a sports fan. I was sitting, just sitting around, being like, "Man, why is there no soccer on today? What the hell?" <laughs> and I was like, it. "I was like, wait, we've had like really excellent uh, European football for you know, I don't even know how many days it's been. It's it's the majority of days over the last two weeks. Yeah, so it was so quick. And I was it, it went fast. It was like so bittersweet because now we only have one more match. But luckily. You know, Premier League starts right back up in a few weeks, and we can just we can just move right into the next season, which is nice. So, um, well, that's Andy. That was just talking before, and Oliver. Obviously, you've been on. Uh, you were on last week uh, with Quincy to break down, or was the week before to break down yeah. um, the quarterfinal matches. Um, but yeah, I mean, how's uh, Andy? How is your, um, I guess, quarantine or semi quarantine right now? How's how's everything been going for you on the East Coast? Yeah, things are good, man. Um, you know, no, no, it's hard to complain. You know what I mean? I get to work from home, safe, healthy, like every, everything is kind of at my fingertips. So, um, you know, some inconveniences here and there, but again, who are we to complain? Things are good. Yeah, that's good to hear, man. All right. So let's get right to it. Um, at the start of the year, Andy, you, you had uh buyer at 10 to one to win the whole thing. PSG, um, Oliver, they were at nine to one. So obviously you're sitting pretty heading into the match this Sunday, August 23rd. Uh, the match is at three o'clock Eastern time, two o'clock central time in Lisbon, Portugal at the Stadio da Luz. Uh, Bayern is favored to lift the cup at around minus 175 odds. PSG is the underdog at around plus 140, plus 150, depending where you shop to lift the cup. Um, on the 90 minutes and injury timeline, Bayern is about plus 108 to win in regulation. PSG plus 220, and the draw is all the way up to plus 310 at FanDuel. Uh, for those looking to bet a little to win more on the favorite, you can lay a goal with Bayern at, uh, at, at plus 260. But obviously, they'll have to win by two uh, in normal time for you to cash your ticket. And PSG plus one is at minus 140 on the other side of that one. And the over-under is three and a half, and Pinnacle offshore, they're shading the under at minus 117, so it looks like you know it's got to lay a little more VIG uh, if you want the under, plus 103 uh, the other way on the over. I don't know about you guys, but and obviously I want to hear your thoughts on how uh, the game's going to play out and your predictions, but for me, like when looking at that and just knowing it's a cup final, I think the draw is tempting at, at over three to one odds. It's a cup final. We should see might see a situation where you know neither team really wants to make a mistake. Um, but either side is also capable of scoring from behind in this one. I think with the total shaded a little lower at a sharp book like Pinnacle, the sharpest book out there, a situation you know, I, I could see a situation where where um, we see like you know a one to one score late in the match. I think that's totally within the realm of possibility. Or even um, you know if one team goes up two to one, you could really see a star on either side leveling it to two to two late. So at that price at three to one, it's pretty tempting to me. But but I don't know what you guys what your thoughts are and. Uh, I don't know who wants to kick it off first. Maybe uh, uh, Byron's the favorite, so maybe Andy, you can uh, give us your thoughts. Which way uh, are you leaning on this one? How do you see it playing out? Yeah, so looking just kind of generally at the odds, and and I think we'll get into a couple factors for sure. Um, Oliver, this is great. We're going head to head here because you and me, we were right on this whole time. 
I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I am feeling I'm feeling good. I wouldn't say I'm feeling great, but I'm feeling good. I think I'm feeling better than you're feeling taking Bayern. Uh, and I, there's not much to, to gain from picking the favorite, but I at least am glad that the team that I picked to win way back when is here, and I think that they're going to come out on top on Sunday. Just general open thoughts. If you're just talking to me as like a neutral and non-betting, I think I kind of agree with Andy with the way Byron's been playing. And I'm looking at this like go figure to – the, the league that started off soccer for the restart in the Bundesliga and their best team is the one that's possibly going to be lifting the trophy. But I will say, like, if Mbappe is starting and Neymar is playing like the way he's been playing, at least for the last game, I feel like this is going to be I, – I really like the draw as well in the first 90 minutes. Yeah, and it's tempting. Especially at, especially at the plus 300. And I also – Really, I I really think this match is going to go to extra time. Interesting, mm. interesting. So yeah, I mean, obviously it's a nice payout on the draw there. Uh, but I mean, Bayern just looks so crazy right now, and I can't help but think like from like a betting angle, like a, just a pure betting angle, that we're probably going to see a little bit more uh, public money coming in on Bayern, just the way they've looked. I mean, just running through the quick numbers. I mean, they've been running train on everyone in the Champions League this season. They've won every single game. Um, they've scored 24 goals, only conceded five. Lewandowski scored in every single match in the competition. I think it's, it's 15 goals in nine matches, 55 goals in all competitions. It's crazy to me, but, um, yep. but Byron also hasn't lost a competitive match since December 7th, the 27 wins and one draw in 28 matches since then. So it's just, and the way that they've looked, you know, against it since the restart, um, against competition, just you know, blowing everybody out of the water, eight to two against Messi and Barcelona. I mean, it's it's just. I feel like they're going to be getting a lot of the public's attention, especially when they see a plus price next to Bayern to win the game in ninety minutes. So if I'm betting PSG, I don't think I'm in a big rush uh, to bet them anytime soon. But uh, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that one. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll bolster the argument just by adding a couple more, Mike, which is that uh, not only is Lewandowski lighting it up, but uh, Byron also snagged a, a little guy from Arsenal named Serge uh, Gnabry, who uh, the two of them combined have already broken the record for most goals by two guys in the competition. Um, I think they have 24 between the two of them. Um, I think I saw something like every, that's more than any team in the competition besides I, I think PSG. I think I'm pretty sure it's as many as PSG, or yeah. it was like as many as City, like some really prolific team, something that's like that. Crazy. And then, like, not only are they playing well, but I, their manager's name is Flick. I have uh, his last name looks like Flick. I have no idea if that's how you pronounce it. I can't recall his <laughs> other first name or two. But um, you know, you mentioned their longer run. To drill down a little further, they're 20 games, 20 wins in all competitions right now. 67 goals for, 15 against in those 20. Oh gosh, that's like <laughs> FIFA. That's like me playing FIFA 13 back in the day with like my created team on whatever like the easiest mode was yeah it is video game stuff yeah Yeah. and so i I think like some of the streak performance like goes back to pre um bubble pre like restart whatever you want to call this new you know the new season um but even then like the the 20 wins and 20 thing it's like they've played how many games since coming back i think it's like 12 or something like that so the majority of of the games that they've played since coming back uh, they've won, and yeah, they've just looked 
fantastic. So so good. But on, on the flip side, then I mean, all of our PSG is like they've only lost once in their last thirty-two matches, and that was I think that was I looked this up, but it was in February uh, to Borussia Dortmund, another German side. Obviously, that was in the Champions League uh, before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they've been you know winning games too. But on the at the same time, like those cup finals that they played, you know, just like recently they've, they, they won, but they didn't really like showcase a lot of firepower at offense. I think they won those like what, one to zero, both of them. I don't know. I say, I know the one went to a penalty and I did not see yeah. the outcome of the other one, but they did not look sharp against Atalanta. And then they finally seemed to be clicking and Bappe came on at halftime and he was a instant game changer yeah. for that club. And, uh, the game against Leipzig, I really – they came out, they had more talent, they were the better team, and they, they flexed their muscles against them. They, like, throughout that match just dominated Leipzig. So, like, it's really tough to say what we're going to get from PSG, but I know they're going to attack. I know they're going to have options. I think Alfonso Davies is going to have his hands full, depending on who's going to be on that right side. And the rest of that back line is going to have their hands full. And I – I, like I said, I see this as a draw, and I think it's going to be a 1-1 one, one draw. Mm-hmm. But if Byron wins this in the first 90, I really think Mayon Noor is going to be a huge factor in that. And I think he may be man of the match if we're throwing out man of the match predictions. Interesting. Hmm. Okay, that's good. It's even like almost a way to somewhat hedge. If you're like looking to bet the draw or even PSG, I mean, you can you – know, if you're trying to bet him to win man of the match, you know, if it doesn't go your way, it's but the match still goes kind of how you think it's going to play out. You can cash that ticket, you know. Um, so I actually I don't hate the draw either, mostly just because of the value in it, and maybe different than you guys. Like I know it is a final, but I think there's some goals in this game, and I would I would kind of be tempted to take the over at three and a half. If it was three, like maybe it'd be a little bit more straightforward there, but like I wouldn't be all that surprised if it's two one for somebody in the second half and one of these teams like pulls a goal goal back towards the end and then they just kind of see it out uh you know to to take extra time at two two um i i could see it and i think talking about you know oliver you brought up neuer a little bit so just to dive in quickly to a couple player points um it was online today that boatang might miss this game for Bayern, which would be big i i don't think it's huge because they do have it's Bayern you know they have a ton of talent they have some good backup center backs who can fill in but it's still their first choice center back who's who could miss out and on the flip side PSG I I haven't heard any updates about Kaylor Navas in goal um he came out of the game against Atalanta I believe um, I believe you're right and then he didn't play in the semi they didn't really need him thankfully which was good um, but it, again, that's their first choice keeper. That's, that's the three time champions league winning goalie. Um, right, right. just the presence has, that he has the cup experience, the final experience, you know, yep. Has a chance to be, I'm pretty sure the first keeper ever to win four, which would be kind of neat. Um, but yeah, so I, I think two, two injury, um, you know, potential injury notes there, uh, just to warn, you know, this is going to drop tomorrow, Friday. So people will have a couple of days to keep an eye on those before. The, the match on Sunday. That's really good intel. That's uh, thanks for sharing that. And, and uh, Di Maria for PSG. And what about their uh, Al- Alcantara too? I think he. My, I don't know if like there was other injuries in, the, in that regard. I know Di Maria played last match, and he looked he looked like the old Di Maria. 
Yeah. Or not so, Alcantara, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Di Maria. T- you're talking about you're talking about Tiago. Yeah. No, 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 Di Maria. Di Maria. Okay. Yeah, but no, oh, yeah. he he looked pretty healthy to me in the last match. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. I agree, and actually, same same for Tiago, who played for Bayern as well. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they mix that up a little bit. Um, Kimmich is is Bayern's stud. He's like arguably the best right back in the world, but at the same time, he's arguably one of the best <laughs> defensive midfielders in the world at the same time. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they slid him into midfield for this and, um, you know, just, just tried to use some of their other, they have a ton of defenders. So that's why the Boateng thing seems big, but actually might not be huge in the end. Um, but yeah, I, I just go back to, I think there's going to be some goals in this match. I, I think there's goals to be had. So, so to your point, like piggybacking off that on, on liking goals and, and taking a look at the over, uh, I mean, I don't know much about like more like the technical aspect of the game, how we see it playing out, but I, but Byron plays that high line. Um, and, you know, obviously you mentioned before, like how both teams have the firepower to kind of capitalize. If there's if one team has a lead, um, you can get some, you know, both teams have the firepower to score on the counter, like probably among the best in the world at, at doing that. But like with Byron playing that high line, you know, just can you, do you think PSG, the forwards would be able to capitalize on that? Um, or do you think, I mean, obviously with Boateng potentially out at, could open the door, but do you think that Byron playing that higher line might open them up to be more susceptible? I, I 100% do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Especially after you get a guy like Mbappe or, you know, Neymar. The, <laughs> world for sure. Player. And like, that's the thing is like, it, it, depending on how high the line is, you don't have to be Kevin De Bruyne to kick a ball into space and let Neymar or Mbappe run onto it uh, and right. make something happen. So, um, yeah, and, and Bayern, you know, for how much I praise them, they, they did show some holes. They, they showed some weak points. Um, you know, if, if Leon had better finishing, they're probably up at least one, if not two, in that semifinal against them. And so I, I think it, it speaks to their resiliency a little bit. But, um, you know, the difference against a team like PSG, I feel like this, I think this is just going to be kind of like a heavyweight fight. Like if, if PSG opens them up and gets a goal early or gets a goal first, I just think right. Byron says, okay, we're coming right back. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I like that angle. I mean, the more we talk about this, the more I think if PSG does, does score first and if it's, you know, if it's early enough, especially could be a really good opportunity to bet the live over at that point, obviously it'd be getting a worse number than if you bet a pregame, if they score pretty early. But um, I think that really, could open up the game where Byron playing that higher line can make them a lot more susceptible. I mean, obviously they could score at will with Lewandowski and, and they're and the, that we're talking about Byron there, but, but um, just having Mbappe and, and, uh, and obviously Neymar on the counter attack when Byron's exposed like that is really good for an over bet, you know, when, when one team's pressing forward, um, you know, needing that, that game time goal like that. So that's uh that's an interesting thought. I, I think that like if PSG is, is like the team of destiny, you know, like there's something to be said about that, like the March madness vibe with this. And obviously Byron has been just, you know, destroying everybody in their path, but PSG, you know, being down a goal to Atalanta, who I, who Andy, I have to give you credit too. You've been, you were all over Atalanta at the start too, back when we were talking last fall. Um, but, uh, but, you know, they were losing to Atalanta one and nil and had to get a goal in the 90th minute to tie it. And then another goal in extra time to win it. You know, there's that whole like team of destiny, maybe, vibe there but i don't know besides that how do you guys what's like your final score prediction i guess and then uh and if you have any other thoughts like on the game uh what do you think uh how do you think like this how do you think the score is going to look when this thing ends oliver you going first (laughs) first. (laughs) 
I was wrong last week about PSG, and me and Andy, both of us were wrong about the uh, the layoff effect for the French teams. Mm-hmm. But maybe this will be like reverse jinx. But I think it's going to be three one Bayern extra time. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. As Oliver put it, I I'm on record as saying I didn't think either of the French clubs would play all that well in this competition, um, just because they had such a long layoff, and it was quite the opposite. You know, Leon not only um, you know held their result against Juve, but then uh, sorry, Mike, they they took care of your club as well on the way to a, a semifinal exit. Um, I I I have to respect PSG for making it this far. They've you know they've been a bit. Uh, Cinderella E and um, I think I think there is a lot of the the narrative around them too like first this is their first European final as far as I know I think they've made a couple other like random yeah it is it's their first yeah their 50 yep. year yeah. history yep. um, and so like that's a big deal and you know this is like this is the this is the thing for them right everyone says oh the you know all their domestic competitions are useless like it's either they win Champions League or it's a wasted season Um you could say a little bit for for Bayern. That's the same case, but maybe not as much. Um, so I, I'm respecting them, but I, I do just think in the end, I, I think Bayern's going to be too much. So if you're asking for a score, I, I would take three to two Bayern. Um, whether in extra time, I, I don't know. I, again, for the value, the draw is definitely an intriguing play. But um, I think there's goals in this. I'm taking. I, I would go Bayern three two. Um, it, it's, there's definitely, I'm sure not a lot of value in this pick, but man of the match, I would look at Lewandowski just because of how good he's been. I, I could see him getting one, maybe setting up another, um, and, and just overall like laying it all out there for this title. Um, the interesting yeah. little story about him too, is if I'm him, I am just pissed off at the world that they're not doing oh, a ball and door. I know, right. So, it's his. Oh, I don't know. Sense. I don't know, man. Like I, I could see him just coming out totally on fire on Sunday and saying, "All right, fifty-five goals. Like all this stuff wasn't enough. Here's like two more, and we lift the trophy." You know what I Here's mean? Here's another reminder. Yeah, I, I did see before we started recording. He's he's like minus one seventy-eight. I saw somewhere to score a goal. So yeah, you're, mm-hmm. paying, you're, you're paying it. You know, the market's on to him. Everybody knows. But at the yep. same time, the guy's motivated for the reasons you stated, and and uh, this is the biggest stage of all. So. No, that that all makes sense. I mean, I, and and uh, your point for goals, you know, especially after talking this through, makes a lot more sense to me. Usually in cup finals, I'm always looking towards the under, but uh, teams like this, and especially looking at the way you know games played out last week in the bubble, the, the overs were cashing, so or at least pushing. So you know, if you're betting the overs, you're making coin last week. So um, not to say that you. you do that here, but um, but what my prediction is going to be though is I, I'm going to go one to one. Still, I'm still going to say it. I think <laughs> yeah, after saying all that, I still think that you know I'm less inclined, but to actually bet it. But I I, I do think I'm going to bet that draw. Um, you know, especially at the price it's at right now, I think I'm going to probably look at that. And then for live betting, after talking through with you guys, if PSG goes up early, I might be looking to uh, to live bet the over uh, in this game. But um, but we'll see how it plays out. I mean, I'm, it's. It's going to be really fun to watch, and these two teams that are here. Obviously, uh, two guys saw them coming and being in the spot. I mean, they, they're not like long shots at all in, in any way, shape, or form. No, we weren't uh, going out PSG. on a limb. No, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah, but but they're here, and you know, you, you could have picked other top European clubs that uh, that were right there at the start of the year. So, congrats to you guys for uh, for getting 
uh, your your predictions to this point, and uh, we'll see how it plays out Sunday. But uh, before we go, do you guys have any thoughts? I know, Andy, you have something special for us here, uh, but any quick thoughts on the Europa League final? That's uh, tomorrow, that's Friday, 21st. Really quick, Inter Milan is minus 155 to lift the cup, Sevilla plus 125 uh, in that one. But uh, but Andy, what do, you, what do you got for that one? Yeah, so I, I kind of spoiled it for you guys a little bit. I, I related it back to Quincy's um, strong take from last year's Champions League final where he had uh, Van Dyke as a man of the match. Um, I'm going a, a similar prediction for this game tomorrow uh, where I could see uh, Diego Godin for Inter being the man of this match. I think this is going to be a real shithouse game, uh, maybe quite the opposite to the Champions League final on Sunday. Um, these two teams, they play hard, they foul a lot, they like, you know, it's it's counterattacking. It's it, it's reflected in the total. Yeah, it's two and a half. What did you say? Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I, I could just see like uh, Godin for me. He's a he's a beast. He has gotten so close to, or you know, he's he's won his fair share with Atletico, and I, I don't know. I could see him totally bossing the back line who knows maybe like nabs a goal off a corner kick or something like that and and leads enter to to the win all right diego godin go make your wagers everybody because uh all these guys do is provide winners to the dog juice pod all right well uh i don't know if there's any parting thoughts for you for you guys but i hope you enjoy the match and as always thanks for uh thanks for coming out it was a lot of fun as always and hope uh hope all's well with the the lads over at top class finish follow these guys at top class finish podcast but uh any, any parting words, guys? I would just like to say that Neymar and Mbappe are both plus odds, I think, to score a goal. So I would look into that for sure. Okay. Noted there. But other than that, other than that, Andy, Andy, you got anything? No, that's it. Check us out. Find us on Twitter and wherever you get your pods. Right on. All right, dudes. Talk to you later. Thanks again. Peace. Thanks, yeah. Mike. All right, thank you very much, Oliver and Andy, for coming on. That match is going to be straight fire on Sunday. That's going to do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. As always, be sure to check out Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News for the latest sports betting industry news and analysis. I'll be back next week with a look at some NFL as football season approaches fast. And usually around the start, the start of week one of college football is when I like to flip the page and start a brand new year, quote-unquote, for sports betting, a brand new season. So whenever I do that, I like to kind of like take a big-picture view at the past year. So uh, as we approach the start of that new season here, I will be also looking to revisit the Doggy Juice Sports Betting Ten Commandments, which I did last year, about a year ago at this time. So we're going to do it again soon before we attack another trip around the sun and begin year three of the Doggy Juice Pod. Talk to you all soon. Enjoy your weekend, and good luck with your bets. Doggy Juice out.